Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you guys seen the DVD Blu-ray commercial for Gemini Man? It's been no. running on TV lately. Yeah, it's it's apparently it's out on DVD and Blu-ray. But my favorite part about watching the commercial is the, apparently the 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 disc has behind the scenes making of this movie, how they did the CGI, or whatever, including the motorcycle scene. Oh <laughs> my I'm god! So tempted. I so t- look, I mean, I know you don't really get into other people's birthdays, right? But my <laughs> birthday is in 18 days. Oh. If you guys ever wanted to get me anything, it's I don't even know where I would play. I guess I could play it in my PS4, right? Yep. I wouldn't even know where yeah, I wouldn't know where to play it, but okay. Well, that's something to look forward to. Or maybe a digital copy. Because they're they're gonna have extras on a digital copy, right? Uh I don't know. I'd pay twenty dollars just to watch that, just to watch the making of the of the motorcycle scene. Does the Gemini Man disc come with like two other discs that look just like it for no reason? 
No, that would be a spoiler, so it'd only oh, come okay. with one more of this. I have yet to laugh in this movie, I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. So. <laughs> <laughs> just remember that. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was, a, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean. Inconsequential detail after inconsequential yeah. detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm holding go. a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah. all over. Okay. <laughs> Cinephobe, the podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin Al-Hassan. Anthony Mays producing the show. This week on Cinephobe, we watched the 2003 crime-slash-romantic comedy, Gili. Oh, Gili, guys. Oh, man. You know this stars? This stars Benifer. Jennifer Lopez, who coming into this movie was was had just been in the movie Enough in 2002. Oh. She would be in Jersey Girl in 2004. Um, and it was on the, I believe on the set of Gili. Maybe I don't have this correct, but on the set of Gili where she uh, got together with Ben Affleck. Oh, really? So that's sort of oh, what I found. That really throws a monkey wrench into one of my uh, ma- major theories about this movie. Now, do you, do you have any evidence to say to the contrary or any stories to say to the contrary, Maze? Because I sort of saw this at first, and then I started to look it up, and then I kind of forgot to keep looking it up. From what I could see, they made this movie because they were already in a relationship. So now I saw That's, that as okay. well, but I oh, I don't know. I assume they were already together because I have a note here that says they had to know this script was awful when they read it, right? This is the only reason why they made this movie because it's a, an opportunity to do a movie with your significant other and you didn't really care how good slash bad the script was because you wanted to be there. Either that or actors don't actually read scripts. There's multiple things that I saw that said that they altered the genesis of this movie based on this very public relationship. I saw that too. I think they recut it because of this, okay. because of their relationship. Also, by the way, about like two notes later, I just have a line that says, oh, this isn't Jersey Girl at all. I had those two movies confused because I was watching this movie. I was like, this is for a Kevin Smith movie. This is very unfunny. The other thing, Zach, was that originally it was supposed to be Halle Berry in this movie, but then they brought in J-Lo. So I'm thinking this is all like instantaneous. According to E! Online. The two began dating in 2002 when they filmed a uh, famous 2002 flop, Gili, which is actually a 2003 flop. So there is an inaccuracy in that uh, report. Can't trust, can't trust the online. That is from E! Online, though. So yeah, You can't trust them. They're off the list now. Make them they're off the like list? That. They're off the Damn. list. Okay. Well, allegedly, these two started dating after uh, doing this movie together. And by the way, Ben Affleck, also in this movie, he was in Daredevil in 2003. 
maybe another cinephobe possibility. And he would also be in Jersey Girl in 2004. And Paycheck in 2003. So 2003 Ooh, right. is really just the absolute bottom of the barrel. That's the low point, right? This is it. And then he worked his way back up to Argo and the town from here. This movie also stars Justin Bartha, who is the guy nobody cares about from the Hangover movies. It wasn't until the last scene when they're on the beach that I realized Really? It. That's <laughs> yeah. when? Wow. I don't know why. Hey, did the light caught him at a certain angle? Like, is that the dude from the Hangover? Wow, he got he lost you in the role. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he lost a lot of time. <laughs> so Geely was his first credited movie role. Wow. He, wow. He, My man really came back. <laughs> yeah, he he came back strong. So he he was previously had been an uncredited club goer in the movie 54, obviously about Studio 54. And the next year he'd be in the movie National Treasure. So Nick Cage saved his career. That's my that's my theory. We also see Al Pacino and Christopher Walken in this movie. So they each did what, half a day? They knocked that out in one day. Yeah. It couldn't have been more than that, right? They only they're both only in one scene. Yeah. Look, let me the, the opening note for me on this is Al Pacino is in this. Uh because I saw his name in the credits. I was not oh. paying attention to I missed the part in Christopher Walken. And so imagine my surprise when Christopher Walken walks in later in the movie. I was like, Wow, Christopher Walken's in this too. And at that point I still thought it was a Kevin Smith movie. So it, it kind of made sense. Also, yeah, Lenny, Len, Lenny Venito, who I think is in a bunch of like pizza commercials. <laughs> he's been he's I definitely got, been in a lot of stuff, but he's I that, think he's in a lot of pizza commercials. Hold on. That, you tell me some dude who's in a lot of pizza commercials can tell his grandkids. I was in a movie with Al Pacino and Christopher Walken and yeah. Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. He's, and he can he can sit there and say, I possibly was there when, at the start of the Benefer. Wait, was Jennifer J Lo and and Ben Affleck, or was it Jennifer Aniston and Ben Affleck? Or was it Jennifer uh, Garner? Garner Right. Oh, man, he really. (laughs) Ben Affleck never dated Jennifer Aniston. What? (laughs) That can't be true. Ben Affleck and J Lo were Benefer, and then he married Jennifer Garner. He never dated Jennifer Aniston. Never. Always a bridesmaid. (laughs) What? Jennifer Aniston always always a bridesmaid. Is she? Yeah, that's her. That's the whole right. Like Jennifer Aniston exists only to have her heart broken, as these famous men. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, there's Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's wrong with her? With Jennifer Aniston? Yeah. She needs to find herself a regular man. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Stop chasing these flighty Hollywood types. Right. Right. Exactly. Come down to downtown LA. <laughs> Meet some real, some real people. <laughs> All right. Geely is written and directed by Martin Brest. He directed some crime comedies like Beverly Hills Cop and Midnight no. Run. No. Yes, no way. He did. I mean, oh my God. I mean, his story is heartbreaking. Oh. Okay. He also directed Scent of a Woman. Maze, if you could uh, insert a hoo for me. Hoo ah. ah. And he also did Meet Joe Black. Gili was the last movie he directed. Meet Joe Black, Gili, one-two punch, career over. Um, it was also the first written work he had had since the 70s. The yeah. late 70s. Yeah. 
Synopsis for Gili is Larry Gili is assigned by a crime boss to kidnap the brother of a prominent district attorney, a beautiful woman. A beautiful woman known only as Ricky is sent to stay with him to make sure he doesn't mess up the job. Tagline, murder, blackmail, temptation, redemption. It's been a busy week. <laughs> that's that's pretty much the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. Look, it nailed it. Arrowpoint. <laughs> It nailed it. All right. $54 million budget that actually there's some discrepancy there because of there's also a note in the trivia that from the re- rewrites, it went up to like $76 million as a budget. Unbelievable. For what? 20, For what? $20 million to rewrite this thing? Half the movie shot in, the, in, a, in a shitty apartment in Studio right? City. <laughs> right. No, no, no. They built that on a soundstage, I mean. That's no, not even a – yeah, that's not even on location. They built the apartment for a soundstage. For over half, I believe it's 54% of the movies in that apartment. I mean, it didn't do great at the box office. Six million at the U.S. box office, 7.2 million worldwide. Not a hit. They made a million dollars outside the U.S. Yeah. They made a million dollars? You know how many like third world countries all you got to do is say, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. And people would line up for that and they couldn't even get that crowd in there. Nope. Couldn't do it. Uh, before we jump into the movie, before listening to the rest of this podcast, Gili is only available to rent. So make sure you really want to follow along with this one. I don't blame y'all if y'all skip this one. <laughs> I think it's worth seeing just for this podcast. All right. Gili receives a 6% from critics on 186 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, 12% from the audience on over 45,000 ratings. I need to hear a good review of this movie. All right. There are three of them that I've got. Amy Dawes of Variety. An enjoyably written and performed romantic comedy. It is neither romantic nor comical. <laughs> nor Rob, well written. No, no well written. Rob Gonzalez of uh, eFilmCritic.com. I can't call Gili a misunderstood masterwork, but I'm not ashamed to say I enjoyed it. All right, let's go to the negative reviews. Jeff Giles of Newsweek. After the Schadenfreude thrill of watching beautiful people humiliate themselves wears off, it has the same annihilating effect on your will to live. Beautiful people, plural? There are people that find Ben Affleck very attractive. I don't get it, personally. Yeah, like Jennifer Lopez. Right, well, yeah, for a time. And I spilled my oatmeal on the floor kind of way. Wow. That's what his face looks like, spilled oatmeal. Okay. It's not wrong. You're white, then you Ben Affleck. Got weird hair too. I don't like his hair. All right, Christy Lemire of the Associated Press. Every bit as unwatchable as the deafening negative chatter would suggest. Michael Agger of the New Yorker. It's hard to tell who this movie was intended for. Those who think that a mentally challenged boy singing dirty rap lyrics is cute and funny. Those who find Ben Affleck's brow to be ineffably mysterious. Students of Stoic philosophy looking for a test. Peter Bradshaw of the Guardian. Awe-inspiringly. World historically awful. <laughs> See, I like the other one. The other one is gives you a little bit more detail. The right. tells you the guy watched the movie. Right. I don't know if this guy from the Guardian watched the movie. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it is just it's very basic, right? Like oh he's my just piling on. Michael oh my Atkinson God. of Village Voice. Bress would have to go back to his outline to repair this lemon and give America something akin to what it's told it really wants: a helping of Lopez Affleck home movies. That's creepy. Okay. This guy was hoping that at one point it would just turn into a sex tape. Porn. Yeah. Porn. 
Homemade porn. I believe that's called Gonzo. Don't quote me. Wow. Uh, Jeff Pavir of Toronto Star. It is an exquisitely bad movie, one to be savored, marveled over, shared with friends, and generally appreciated in a state of awestruck wonder. Gourmet fromage. See, that's a good review. That is a no, good that, review. No, that sounds like a Zach review. Wow. Like Zach made up that. What? I'm saying it's a positive review. Oh, it's a positive one. Well, oh. it was negative on Rotten Tomatoes. Two more. Roger Moore of the Orlando Sentinel. It's Roger a- Moore? <laughs> Maybe the same one. I don't know. It's a catastrophic miscalculation of tone, a comatose comedy about mental illness, contract killers, and corpse desecration. I mean, not so much the last one. It's just one little scene. And also, uh, but, there's no comedy. Right. There's no, yeah, it's not funny. So, this was the last positive review that I decided to save from Fred Topol of About.com. There were tons of worse movies this year. Maybe this is like comparing Saddam Hussein to Hitler, but Gili isn't just the lesser of two evils or three or four. That's a positive review. Okay. I picked this movie because uh, I wanted to hurt you guys. Not only did I want to, I just I didn't like the tone of a mean saying I should have let I should have lost my pick, or I should lose my picking abilities moving forward. I don't know what that's for. But you said that in the group chat, and I don't, I don't appreciate that. I mean, so I decided, all right, not only am I going to make you watch a movie that's horrendous, but I'm going to make you pay for it by renting it. I made sure to find one that wasn't, that wasn't streaming anywhere else. Your picks have been horrible, man. It's the point. It's the point of the show. Isn't, Isn't it? Isn't, Isn't it? it? It's Isn't possible. It? I don't understand what this podcast is about. I thought it was the movies that you are afraid, ashamed to say that you love, not the movies that you can't stand and then so want to inflict pain on other people. I thought the whole point of the whole point of this was we're going to pick movies that are like like critically panned and called terrible, but actually, if you actually watched it, you liked it. It was actually not that bad. And somewhere along the way, (laughs) along the way, we just became into terrible movies. Yeah, it's almost it has become sort of a torture voyeurism for me. You peaked with Swordfish. Swordfish, great job. I like that movie. Hurricane Heist. Oh, I like I, Hurricane, I like Hurricane I, Heist. Let me just say right now, I I I think back fondly on Swordfish. That's where I'm at right now. Uh, we were so young back then, I mean. Oh my god, it was uh, and like when the movies were good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how bad it's gotten. Like Swordfish is a good movie to me now. I have seen this movie prior to this viewing almost three times. So like I've watched it in its entirety twice. And then there was a third time where I was like, I'm going to watch Gigli again and just see, you know, where I'm at with this movie. And this Where? was, uh, this had Did to you watch it in the theater. Uh, no, no, no. I never saw it in the theater. I wish, I wish I could have been a part of that exclusive group, but no, I, I, I saw it on a, like a DVD rental, I think. And then uh, I saw it again, maybe on TV, on a movie channel once, because I remember I had it DVR'd. When and you then rented it? You paid money. this is the second time you paid money for Julie? Yes. <laughs> and so, well, no, 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 actually, that's not true, because I rented it another time, but couldn't make it through the rental. I like got it to like, I got to the point in the movie where the girlfriend shows up. And then I just turned it off and I never finished the rental. So I, this is technically the third time I paid for it. Can we jump into this movie? Did you, had you guys seen this movie before? I've never seen no. Julie before. Well, now and, you're welcome. I, this is how you know I've never seen this movie before because Al Pacino's in this was the first line I had. Uh, second line was, it's pronounced Jiggly. 
the third line is, what if this movie ain't bad? That's something that's happened. Wow, that's some optimism from you yeah, early, last, early in the film. There. The last couple of movies, I've noticed that. Like, there's a point where I say, you know what? I'm assuming this movie's going to be terrible. Why is that? Why am I assuming it's going to be terrible? What if it's good? Well, we open with a Ben Affleck voiceover saying, you see, after all is said and done, the only thing you can be really sure of, the only thing you can really count on in this world is that you just never fucking know. And now we cut to him in a laundromat. He's wearing a bowling shirt. This is a big, big movie for bowling shirts. Big movie for bowling shirts and leather jackets. Oh, you guys the leather jackets. Yes, the leather yeah. jackets. Oh, yeah. um, and he's yelling at someone uh, who walks into the laundromat in the background, tells him to leave. He's talking. We find out he's talking to someone in a dryer. Yeah, we uh, thought he was breaking the fourth wall. He was not. But it turns out he's talking to a man in a dryer. Right. The man is uh, gagged. Ben is collecting money that belongs to someone named Lewis. And then my note is, my God, that's a big dryer. Because that's a full-size person just sitting in there. Yeah, I've seen those jumbo dryers in the laundromats. Uh, it's been a while since I've been in the laundromat. By the way. When was the last time either of you were in a laundromat? I was in one uh, last year because I had to clean my comforter. Uh, the dog had thrown up on the comforter, and it had soaked through, so I had to clean it. And so I had, and the only way I could take it is, is to find a, a laundromat with a big washer and a big dryer. I walk by them every day on the way to work, but I haven't been in one since I was traveling, and I needed to use one when I was on the road. He wow. closes the dryer. The guy's in there comfortably. Yeah. The guy says he has some of Lewis's money. Uh, now they're talking to a guy on the street that looks like Nick Saban. Yeah, that was. I thought the same thing. <laughs> I thought it was Nick Saban. I was like scouring the credits to see if Nick Saban was uncredited. I didn't even write that down because I was like, nah, it's not Nick Saban. <laughs> Thank you for writing that down. All I could think about. Let me tell you guys something funny on that note. When I was in Miami for Lakers Heat uh, in December, afterwards, me, Izzy, George Sedano, and a couple of the uh, production people from, uh, you know, because it was an ESPN game, we all went out to get drinks at the Mandarin Oriental in Brickle, right? In Brickle Key. Yeah. There was a guy at the bar who looked so much like Nick Saban, but only younger that they actually approached him and asked him if he was related to Nick Saban. That's how much that guy looked like. I think this is the guy from Geely. You think he's just hanging out? Yes. In Brickle. Yeah, he took his uh, his royalty checks, and now he just travels the world. You think and he, he got royalty checks as in plural? Well, I mean, shit, you watched it through. You paid three times to watch it, <laughs> didn't you? Lewis is with him, and he gets uh, Geely's name wrong, and Ben tells him it rhymes Jiggly. with really. Calls him Jiggly, says it rhymes with really. He has half the money from the debtor. Lewis needs help with someone in New York, and he needs Gili to handle it. The quote-unquote certain individual has a relative with psychological problems they want kidnapped until they can get the situation figured out. And I said, I'm sure this will be handled with care. <laughs> I, I actually missed the part where he said uh, relatives and psychological problems. I just... I was paying attention long enough for him to say, hey, I need you to take care of something. And next thing I know, Ben Affleck is in uh, this mental Special ward? needs school. Yeah, whatever, I, don't know. Whatever, I don't know how to describe it. Whatever it is. And I'm just like, what's he doing here? And the note I actually wrote is, what's the point of this kid? Because he oh, sat down okay. and he has a conversation with him. I'll say this moving forward in this movie. I don't think they did a proper job of handling the mentally challenged. 
Oh, you mean Simple Jack didn't uh, do the job for you? And then I don't. I mean, he basically is DJ Simple Jack at this point, right? Because he just randomly raps. And well, then, no, well, that, but even that part doesn't show up until way later in the right, movie. Right? Yeah, it's not a regular part of the of the character like, until I they was just so decide. confused. Yeah. Here's my theory. Justin Bartha just started doing that between scenes at one point, and they decided to add it to the character. They don't handle that well, and they don't handle gay well. Oh yeah, they really don't know how gay <laughs> oh, works. No. It was a different time though. Was, Zach, what do they handle well? <sighs> Leather jackets. They did handle the shit out of leather jackets. Yeah, they handled the shit out of leather jackets. All right, Gili is at a special needs school or institution or something, walking toward uh, this relative named Brian, who's played by Justin Bartha. Uh, Brian freaks out over Gili, trying to get him to take a walk, so he sits down with Brian. And my note is, Bartha's career really survived this, huh? Nick Cage is a wizard. I mean, it it, is... Why Nick Cage? Because he was in National Treasure the next year. Oh, was he? Yeah. Did you say that on this podcast? I did, yeah. Thanks for listening. I wasn't paying attention. Oh, man. Sorry. That's all right. No, that's fine. It's just, two, it's just three people having a conversation. One of them's checked out. <laughs> so now Brian wants to go to the Baywatch. Gili uh, finds us out, says he's going to take him to the Baywatch, and now we're in the car. He just walks into this place, which has to have some sort of records. Yeah, you would think. And he just walks out <laughs> with, the, with Brian. No questions asked. No questions asked. Like in broad daylight, and he just never returns him. Yeah. And? Do you think there's a deleted scene that would have explained oh it and God. pulled it all together, or do you think this they is just... the first time I just start saying why? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of that in this movie. Oh, I, uh, I said that. <laughs> I said that many times, but it wasn't directed at the movie. Oh, who was it directed at? You asshole. Sheely <laughs> pretends to talk to someone on a flashlight. Yeah. It says that Baywatch is closed. Again, they don't handle a lot well in this movie. Uh, says they'll go tomorrow. He takes him to his place for safekeeping. Brian decides he wants to go home after drinking some water, but Gili tells him he's got to stay. Brian starts freaking out, and Gili just yells at him, <laughs> just screams at him, calls him like stupid. And I mean, just. I, I mean, uh, I, my, he, my next he, note. My next note. I'm legitimately offended by this portrayal. Well, <laughs> wait till my, I get I get to it later. No, but one of the things I was just wondering was because at that point I was still wasn't paying attention. I hadn't paid attention. I was like, why is he bringing him to his house? Right, there's no safe house. Right, like why are they just hanging out at his house? Like, because he has no, he's not worried about getting caught in the slightest. He's just like broad daylight kidnaps this person. Takes him to his house. That's the, that's his whole plan. There was no kind of checking in with, okay, I got the kid or anything. It was just kind of like, no, nope, you're just chilling here in the house. <laughs> and then, you, and then as as Zach noted, he just yells at him. He's just screaming <laughs> at a mentally like, challenged person. No, but it's like you had like the wherewithal to make up a story about Baywatch being closed like right. ten minutes ago. Right like, now, all of a sudden, and now, you, now he's not... at his breaking point. <laughs> uh, now Jennifer Lopez rings the doorbell. Julia smitten. Uh, she needs to use the phone. He says it's a bad time. She's too hot to say no to, so he allows her to come in. You guys see those CD and VHS towers he's got? Oh, <laughs> no, I missed that. That took I, me I, back, no, dude. That. Oh, those yeah, were the days. Man. Wasn't yeah, even a DVD towers. Fucking VHS tapes. VHS, VHS yeah. Oh, I'm going to put my copy of Gemini Man in that. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> we find out her name is Ricky. 
says they don't know each other yet. She calls him Larry Giggly. She then explains it's like, really? Uh, she asks to speak to him in private. She calls wait, him. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, what I missed. One, remember when you needed the phone company to come over? Barely, it, yeah. It's, it's, so it was funny because uh, I can't remember what I was watching. Well, it might have been Levitard Show. But they were talking about, you know how many, like, things that grown people right now don't even get probably don't understand for instance when you end terminate a conversation on the phone what is that called do you do what oh you hang up yeah why is it called hang up because you would we know you would hang up the phone you would physically know. put the phone on the receiver but if you grew up in a world where there was no phones on receivers where like phones were all cell phones how would you know what hanging up is yeah, it's, a good just, it's like a term that, but like, you know, the people like I guarantee like there's some, if I ask my kids right now, like my like oldest is in the fourth grade. If I ask my oldest, why do we call it hanging up the phone? There'd be no response. There'd be no clue because they just, they never see phones like that. Um, the other thing I was going to write, I, I wrote actually was goddamn Jennifer Lopez is bad as hell. That's when she's at the door. And then the next note is, I can't believe he used to smash that on the reg. Wow. Yeah, I mean, look, man. Not Jennifer Aniston, right, Maze? Right. I still don't agree. Is this like a Berenstein, Berenstein situation, Zach? Feels like, yeah. Berenstein? Because it's Stain, it's not Steen. Right? Or is it? That's what I'm saying. I thought it was Berenstein, and then I was proven wrong by the internet, apparently. Berenstein. Yeah, it's it's like a Stain, not a Stein or Steen. And also, it's not B-E-R-E, not B-E-A-R. Oh, really? Yeah, it would seem like it should have it's been a up, dude. Yeah, they're missing out on a pun there. Yeah, no, they're really, yeah, they really blew Fish it. Fish a barrel right there. Salmon but, in a barrel? Well, why? Because, oh, because bears like salmon? Is yeah, they eat salmon. The other thing was, she asked to use his phone. He says, fine. She comes in, sits down on the couch, which I thought was weird, and then kicks her feet up on the coffee table. Puts her feet up, uh, right up on the, her shoe. And then that leg stretch. Yeah, a b- a bit, pre- well, I said a bit presumptuous, and then she did the leg stretch. I was like, carry on. <laughs> you know what's crazy to think about? And look, I don't want to get leery here. I don't want to get uh, oh, show. It's going really, to get really lit. It's going to get really That's what the look, if that was the intention of the movie, right? I'm not going to sit here and like, well, the palette of the color so not cinematography. Uh, no, like they wanted us to talk no, about this. So we're it's, talk about it. it's crazy. So she's what, like 33 there in that oh. movie? She looks the exact same. I think she actually looks better now, which is crazy. Mm-mm. Yeah, maybe she no. does. I don't know. No, 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 no. She looks she looked better then. She, what? She lost she lost the ass now. Now she the ass is not there anymore. I don't agree. It's not what it once was. And I'm if you don't believe me, watch the scene where she's spreading out the yoga mat to fall asleep on. We all watched the scene when the yoga mat. Okay. One last point before she pulls them aside to have the conversation. I wrote, what is this accent? She sounds like that cop from power. If you watch power, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Gonzalez or whatever her name is. Right. Like, it sounds like I have got all- so many questions about accents in this movie as well. Oh yeah. So anyway, she pulls him aside. Pulls him aside. Calls him a fuck up. Says to call Lewis so he can explain it to him. Ricky says Lewis doesn't trust Geely. Lewis apparently wants two contractors on that, so Geely calls Lewis to get answers. Geely starts uh, yelling at Ricky. Calls himself a thug. To which I wrote, calm down, John Beeline. Huh, that's topical. Uh-huh. Let me tell you something, okay? I don't know who the fuck you think you are. 
but I don't work like this. You got that? And if you want to talk about reputations, and if by some fucking miracle long shot you haven't heard of my reputation, let me tell you the fuck I am. I am the fucking sultan of slick, Sandy. I am the rule of fucking cool. You want to be a gangster? You want to be a thug? You sit at my fucking feet, gather the pearls that emanate forth from me. Because I'm the fucking original, straight, first, foremost, pimp, mac, fucking hustler, original gangster's gangster. I mean, it, it's just awful. His rant is terrible, but it does start with a pretty epic line that, yes, I ain't ashamed to admit, I will rip this off at some point in my oh, life. So if by some miracle fucking long shot you haven't heard of my reputation. I, for some reason, that was just like, I feel like that's a line that I must use at some point. Probably yeah. All-Star Weekend. Yeah. As you're, <laughs> as you're trying to get into a party. Into the stance party. Yeah. <laughs> as some, somebody who makes socks tells me I can't. The list is closed. <laughs> well, anyway, hopefully you have a better result than, uh, than Gili did because she's unimpressed by it. Uh, Gili then tells a mentally challenged person to act normal for once and pushes him against the wall. Yeah, he's just yelling at him again, and that's yeah. when I wrote, this movie is Dollar Store Rain Man. Hey, oh, man, that's a good call. That's a good call. Ricky threatens Dollar. to kill him if he doesn't calm down, to which then I wrote, admittedly, Ben Affleck is acting his ass off. Is he? How do we know that Ben Affleck is actually acting here? The scene in the bathroom when, when he's talking about the bull. Oh, my God. That's a that's a top five scene in history. Yeah, that was like a bad SNL sketch. It really was. Um, yeah, yeah. I wrote Ben Affleck is acting his ass off. I I think he's never been a better actor than when he's yelling at a mentally challenged person. I don't think he's acting. Yeah, well, I don't know. I I yeah maybe. Uh, Gili calls Brian stupid, and Ricky says to back off because it's not his fault. And then Brian jumps in and says it's not his fault. He's brain damaged. Yeah. Then Gili comes over the top, calls him a retard. I was waiting for that first first retard to drop. I was taking. Oh, clock. I was yeah guillotine up above. Like that's what that was. And uh, he calls himself the bull, and he calls Ricky the cow in this relationship, showing dominance. And that's when I wrote the note. This is what made Ben and Jennifer fall in love, huh? This movie. This time together. Because uh, uh, well, afterwards, you know, I'm not really like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you got to do. I'm one of the good ones. Yeah. Uh, Gili then has to read a bedtime story to Brian, but he doesn't have any. So he's reading the Tabasco bottle. I, and to, I, thought, which that, I, I thought that was funny. It, 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 and they they bring the bit back later on. Yeah. Um, but I but I don't know if you notice he really struggles with the word culinary in a Stugatzian way. <laughs> I I didn't notice. <laughs> um, and then my next note is I I just can't figure out Ben Affleck's accent in this one. I don't know if he's going for a New Yorker, a New Jersey person. I don't I like I don't know. It's again again. Let me just point out at this stage of the movie because the crime boss who they're trying to help is in New Jersey. I keep thinking at some point they're all going to go to Jersey. Because oh, I, thought, I did too. Yeah, because <laughs> I thought it was because I thought it was Jersey Girl. That's right. why. Right. I thought this movie was Jersey Girl, and so the accent was not as puzzling for me at the time because I just figured, oh, they're all from Jersey. They're going to go to Jersey here in a second. You think when they started shooting Jersey Girl, the director started to give them notes on it, and he's like, "I got this. I just did this one." <laughs> Um, all right, he now convinces Ricky to share the bed with him. Okay, wait, hold on. Don't gloss over it. Okay. He convinces her this while she's 
spreading out her yoga mat. Right. Right. To sleep on the floor. Sleep on the floor. And I wrote, "Good Lord Almighty, J Lo bending over made it all worth it." Little did I know this movie would kill. <laughs> it's not like an hour and fifteen minutes left. <laughs> But at that moment, I was just like, at ah. that moment, you're like, all right, Zach, you did I'll it watch, again. I'll watch Jilly again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Convinces her to share the bed while she's laying out the yoga mat. Um, and then is psyching himself up in the mirror. He's wearing a tank top. He has one of the worst tattoos I've ever seen while she's reading in bed saying there's a bull. There's the horn. He's doing dumbbell curls while talking to himself in the bathroom. Yeah, in the bathroom. He has dumbbells in the bathroom. Or he smuggled the dumbbell into the bathroom with him without her seeing it. Right. One of the two. But then my next question was, where did her change of clothes come from? Yeah, she never walks in with a bag or anything. Right. Also, she's a hit woman. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm assuming too much. But the reading in bed kind of threw me off. Oh, look at you. I was just like, if you're a hitman, like or a hit woman, I guess in her case, you don't think they read? No, like they, yeah, they go to but sleep. Wasn't, and that's what, it. wasn't the book called like Being Peace or something? Like she's trying yeah, to find his yeah, yeah, being at peace or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, and also, so he comes out of the bathroom, and he's wearing a bathrobe. And I asked, do have either of you? Do you or have you ever owned a bathrobe? I currently own a bathrobe. I've owned a bathroom for really? about six years. I had really? worn it maybe. Why do you own a bathrobe? I don't know. Maze, have you ever owned a bathrobe? No, but I like wearing them in hotels. That's the only time I like wearing them. See, I'll put one on in a hotel. Absolutely. But that's the only time I can really like take a bath also. I've tried wearing them in hotels and I realize they're just not very practical. Wait, can you not take can you not put one on after a shower? No, because uh, when I when I shower, well, I guess this is a very much a me problem. I have atopic dermatitis, which is like super eczema, like super okay. duper eczema. So like I have a, first of all, my body absorbs moisture very quickly. Oh, okay. And so you don't like, even need the, to towel off. You just drip dry. I can drip. I drip dry very quickly. And as a result, I have to lotion. Oh, right. In the, like I has a very small window of time where I need to lotion. Otherwise it just turns into just like creamy stuff sitting on top of my skin. Uh-huh. And so the combination of it makes like bathrobes irrelevant for me. And then, and, but then I don't understand the people who wear them just like, not like right out the bath. Like, I guess I get that, but like people are just like, Oh, there's someone at the door. Let me put on a bathrobe. Like I, I, that's what I, I guess I meant. When I, I, asked. I encountered that recently. Someone opened the door for you in a bathrobe. Yeah. And was just kind of wearing it. Well, and like, it's a regular thing. And what was he talking about? See what I did there? Oh. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, he walks out in the silk robe. She tries not oh, to look her lap. <laughs> He tries to make a move on her. She says he's not her type. She says she's a lesbian. How does she notify him that what a, he says to her, what about me is not your type? And she says, you have a penis. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> I did because you could, I could see his man brain, man animals, try to find a way around this obstacle. But here's the question. Was he acting? <laughs> Not in this scene. Not in this scene, right? He was no, breaking is... so hard in this scene. Yeah, he really was. Uh, she says she's gay. She says she's a lesbian. And I'm like, wait, what? 
Chasing Amy was a different movie. Exactly, I, Maze. Again, this is the second time for him. Again, I'm thinking to myself, wow, Kevin Smith is really going down this road again. Because <laughs> I kept thinking that Geely was Jersey Girl. But she does say if the, if she wasn't gay, then they'd have sex, which is, again, not how that works. This first half hour flew by. I actually don't think this is a long movie, even though it's two hours long. Mm, yeah. Strong disagree. Next morning, and Brian is on, the, is on the phone calling for the weather. On the phone calling for the weather. Right. In Australia. In Australia, right. Uh, Gili says it was a one-time offer the last night not to come oh, back no, for no, sex another no, time. No, 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 no. We're not going to just gloss over this. Because he says, you know how much that costs? And, and Brian says, $5. Says no, it costs more than five dollars, and then Ryan says ten dollars, and I I said, this is a great missed opportunity for immense humor, for Geely to go, oh, you know what? It might actually be ten dollars. That's not the point. <laughs> like I was waiting for that to come. I was like, oh, that's gonna be a great line, and then he just kind of just goes, ah. And, I, and- look, I don't feel great about saying this word, but. I honestly thought throughout the movie, he was just going to say a lot of things like, what are you, retarded? Like, I really thought he was going to keep dropping that. Yeah, actually, a low usage rate for the, the word retard yeah, in this movie. Surprisingly. And, and to be fair, to be fair, when he did use it, he was reprimanded by Ricky. That's true. So it's a teaching moment. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like uh, kind of like uh, when they use the, 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 the N-word in, in, uh, in Django, right? Like, it's just like that. So Gigli says it was a one-time offer, not to come back for sex another time. Now Christopher Walken shows up. Christopher Gigli, Walken is in this? Gigli hides Brian. <laughs> and we find out Walken is a detective. He's looking for the brother. He knows Lewis. He asks Gigli about it. Um, we find out Brian is the brother of a prosecutor. And I put, it feels like we've had a leap in the story here that this would just be the next jump in the story. Like, it does feel like we've missed a lot. Christopher Walken comes in and does seven solid minutes of exposition and then starts talking about Marie Callender's pies. Man, you know what I'd love to do right now? Go down to Marie Callender's. Get me a big bowl of pie, some ice cream on it. Mmm, good. Put some on your head. Your tongue would slap your brains out trying to get to it. Interested? Sure. Yeah, he really, I, I wanted the, pie out of this. The pie. <laughs> he starts making all these grunts and noises. It's peak walking. Uh, that's my next note is this is a big movie for leather jackets. Why are they keeping the kid here with them in the house? That's my note right well, there. It's, and it's such a obvious thing that Gigli would be involved that Christopher Walken on almost zero lead right and zero lead time because this kid's been gone for like maybe nine hours right the next morning (laughs) shows up at Gigli's place wondering where this kid is two things one pretty clearly paints Gigli out to be a snitch right has to be because he's familiar with him he just drops by 
and he knows that he's associated with all this shit, but he also doesn't accuse him of anything. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Like, one is that he asks him a bunch of questions, not in an interrogatory kind of way, but in a kind of like, hey, man, you're my guy who knows these things. And I'm like, yo, Jennifer Lopez, you're not like red flags on this ditch over here. But then the other thing is he pretty much describes to a T the entire plan. And I'm like, oh, man, he, he got them figured out. They're busted. And then he's like, ah, well, if you hear of anything, let, let me know. I'm like, what? It's stunning. It oh. is a stunning leap. How much did they spend to use Christopher Walken just to, to do that? You think that was part of the $20 million rewrite? Were they, when they wrote the Marie Callender speech? Or was that- <laughs> is that sponsored content? Oh, man. That's how they That's how they the pay. Boss. All right, they're off to get food, and once again, we get a flashlight communication that Baywatch is closed. Brian believes it to be a real place and says that's where the sex is. Uh, my next note, this is a big movie for bowling shirts. They're at a food spot, and Latin yeah, music by comes the way, on. At this, at this point, I wrote, the guy, this guy's act, and by this guy, I mean Brian, his act is getting a little loose. Because it's not as tight as it was. Oh, early. you think it's he, like, yeah, he got a little too comfortable. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're at a food spot. Loud music comes on. Brian loves it. Gili is annoyed. He asks him to turn it down. The street youths tell him to turn it down. Uh, they all threaten him. Kids. Yeah, just a bunch of shitty white kids. Uh, they threaten him. Ricky says she'll handle it. She explains to one of the guy the art of gouging an eye out in a certain fighting style. And that's when her accent disappears, by the way. Completely disappears. And then she yeah. finishes it off with, stay in school, kids. Yeah. She intimidates the group, then tells them to study hard and keep the grades up. Gigli breaks the laptop on the way out and says, Nice computer. Is suckmydick.com. Also, Jennifer Lopez, jean skirt. Woof. We're at Gigli's mom's house, and he's giving her a shot to her ass. Yeah, and by the way, the mom is the mom from You Don't Mess With the Zohan. Oh, that's right. Nick Swartzen's mom in that movie. Yeah, good call. Which, by the way, buckle up, guys. I know that you <laughs> love this movie. I love it. And guess what? This That's going to be the Empire Strikes Back right there. You guys, <laughs> you guys want to suffer? I'll give you suffering. <laughs> All right. She wants... Uh... She wants Larry to invite Ricky and Brian into the house. Her, his mom is enamored with Ricky's beauty. She wants to know if they're together. He tells his mom she's a lesbian. She says, I'm sure she's been with fellas before. Then so, uh, then says that sometimes guys have limitations and that she used to be quite experimental. To which my next note is, this movie doesn't understand the mentally challenged or the gay community in any way. It just it feel it feels like a real loose interpretation of what Ben Affleck believes this to be. That's what's impressive is that I didn't know about the the brother aspect or the lesbian aspect coming into this movie, and it somehow made it age worse. Right, exactly. Yeah, it makes it age way worse. <laughs> An already terrible movie yeah. in its time. An already historically <laughs> yeah. bad movie in its, it's time. Exponential growth. It's somehow gotten so much worse. Uh, Brian keeps calling the weather number because he likes the woman's voice. Now, Ricky's doing yoga. Uh, by the way, this is the part where I said how much of this is him actually acting. Oh, that's when he's good, talking, yeah. when he's ta- he's a little, when he's talking about lesbians, he has this, he has this whole. This is right here, like right during the the yoga scene, right? He's talking about, oh, lesbians, like you don't have what it takes of years of genetically dumb modified. Da 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 da. I'm just like, 
Yeah, how much of this is you actually acting? Yeah, I think this was just something where the cameras were still rolling between the scenes. So he's like, yeah. you know, well, we can use this. So he starts telling her that his take on lesbians getting sex toys because they don't have a dick, and it's just, it's really, it's not, it's not scientifically great. Uh, she counters with the vagina being the most desirable form and not the dick. This scene kills about eight minutes. It is a long scene, and she's doing yoga the entire she's doing time. Yoga time, and I wish this is why I did not complain. I had no notes other than yeah. <laughs> this is the scene that brought them together. Uh, Lewis calls as Brian picks up the phone. They've got a real Abbott and Costello vibe going. Finally, Gili gets on the phone. Lewis tells Gili that Brian's thumb needs to be sent to the courthouse to get this process going even faster. Lewis then drops the term clam liquor. Yes. We're talking about Ricky. Yeah, he also drops the second retard of the movie. Yeah. By the way, Ricky, the night after the yoga scene, they're going to bed. She's in bed. Her hair is wet because she just washed her hair. Right. Yep. Thank you, Amin. The next morning, she's taking a shower again. Oh. But this is not the night they have sex in. Oops, Maybe she got – oh, spoiler. Yeah. Maybe she got – Sweaty from the yoga? She might have showered after the yoga, but she still then starts the next day with a shower. Yeah, well, women don't shower. Unless, women don't shower like that. No, definitely not. Not not most, not not like at night and then in the morning. Right. No, and not washing their hair both times. That's not yes. how that works. So you can't even vouch for the editing in this movie. No. No. Apparently, the scoring got got high marks. I hated it. I saw that and I hated yeah. it. I hated this music. Um, now Gili reads the Wait. Charmin toilet paper oh. bag to Brian as a bedtime story. Brian is dancing to music in the kitchen, uh, wakes Gili up with the music. He's dancing to, by the way, he's dancing to Naughty by Nature, Ghetto Bastard, which is a really, like, deep... It's a deep cut. It's, it's not only a deep cut. First of all, I was very impressed that they would, they would have it. But also, like, it's a very meaningful song. Uh, and it's about like growing up fatherless and, and like it's Tretch ver- basically exposing his like I- insecurities and the pains of a childhood without a father. And I just remembered in one of the reviews you had is like, oh, having a mentally challenged guy rap dirty rap lyrics. I'm like, hey, wait a second, guy. <laughs> this is actually like a really important song. <laughs> like two live crew or something. Right. Like, relax. <laughs> Oh, all right. A woman comes over to Gili's place and it's Ricky's girlfriend or ex or something like that. He just Uh, lets, by the way, Gili just lets her walk right into the house. Just right right in. Yeah. What what for someone harboring a a kidnapper, you know, a kidnapping victim, a hostage. Not someone harboring a hostage. A hitman. Right. A hitman harboring a hostage. You just wait, all right, hold on. Do we know he's a hitman? Or, or is he just a street tough? It, no, because the movie, the, the toughest thing he does is put someone in a fucking dryer. He's he's one of the worst mob associates of all time. Yeah, he's, he's muscle. A, he's okay, muscle. but either right. way, yeah. even though even when, as, as muscle, you just, this is the second person you just let, actually the third person including yeah. the cop. You right. just walks into your house like with no resistance whatsoever. Yeah. He wants her out. The girl and this girl is unstable. Ricky says it's over. It's a lot of uninteresting crosstalk. Uh, the woman threatens to kill herself, walks into the kitchen, grabs a knife, and then cuts her wrists. Also threatens to have a threesome with her and Geely. Right. At which point I thought Geely should probably like, hey, man, let me I thought, I thought he tried. Yeah, I thought he'd try to sell it. He would know. He was he was pretty angry. Like, get out of my house. Like, right. I would have explored it. I would have like, hey, man, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> now we're at the hospital. Julie says it must uh, it must well, be he, mental fucking illness week. Does he say that really? Yeah, he says that when when he's watching Ricky in the hospital with the, oh yeah, and he's yeah. in the car with with Brian. Ricky doesn't want to do the thumb thing either. Julie thinks she's testing him. They, Wait, like, hold on. She, she doesn't want to do the thumb thing. She says I didn't sign up to be a brutal street thug. And I wrote, what the fuck are you right. supposed to be? What, what job? job did, did you think this was like a courier service? Like, <laughs> I didn't sign up to be a brutal street thug. Like, what? <laughs> when they're watching Ricky in the in the hospital from the car. A woman is fucking beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the ones the Baywatch. Yeah. They make my penis sneeze. <laughs> you got a good sense of humor, you know that? God bless you. Thank you. No, not you, stupid. When my penis sneeze, they say, God bless you. God bless you, penis. I did not remember that scene. I don't remember <laughs> I, that line, I, but all I right. Request, I request a clip, please. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is what you, you mentioned. He thinks she's testing her him. She says to him something like, uh, we should, you know, we need to find another way. And he says, and she, are you with me? And he says, sure. And she says, see, no, you're not with me because your answer is not like very, so, let me put it this way. If I ask you, I'd like to suck your dick for 12 hours. <laughs> what would you say? Like, yeah. I was like, see, you didn't have that kind of enthusiasm or into it. And so he says, okay, ask me the question again. And she says, okay, are you with me? And again, I wrote, this would have been a prime, prime moment for him to say, no, I meant the other question. <laughs> uh, also, 12 hours. Come on. It's not fun for anyone. After four, it just gets bothersome. And that's not fun for anyone. Uh, all right, so they decide they're going to steal a thumb off a corpse uh, to send from the hospital. I wrote the word hijinks. Gili thinks he can cut off a thumb with a plastic knife. And then he does. What the fuck is that? I was floored. Absolutely floored. This guy wrote Beverly Hills Cop? At what point does this seem plausible? How long would this actually take? This guy wrote Beverly Hills Cop and Midnight Run. And Midnight Run. And then his career ended after this movie. He did Scent of a Woman, I mean. That movie's trash. That, That makes a lot more sense to me disagree during the scene brian is in the morgue area and he's singing i like big butts and then to which i then ask again are we to believe he cut the thumb off with a plastic knife this is supposed to happen are you kidding me then they go and mail the thumb without sealing it up so like the blood would have absolutely soaked through that envelope yeah 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 Majili admits to ricky that he's sad because he has this Fucking beautiful, sexy, gorgeous, heartthrob, rama, fucking smart, amazing, bombshell, 17 on a 10 scale girl sleeping on a bed <laughs> right next to me. And you know what? She's a stone cold dyke. He then calls her a dikosaurus rex. <laughs> that, that was great, Zach. <laughs> and he feels sadness about this because there's nothing he can do. <laughs> 40 minutes left in this one, boys. Buckle up. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah there's that moment when he's putting the th- he like 
asks for the envelope at the the package store and then like turns like three quarters pulls a thumb out of his pocket like sneaks it into this envelope like this lady didn't see him pull his shit out and it's wrapped in like a goddamn tissue a bloody tissue (laughs) i'll admit i stopped watching this movie at this point last night and re-upped it this morning maybe that's why i didn't feel so long i wow yeah i i can't believe you tapped out at this point you're like wow after that you know and on a high note, Brian is watching a movie with monkeys. Gigli and Ricky are in the bedroom. She checks to see how he looks at his nails to see if he's gay or thinks he's gay or to see if she thinks he's gay. I remember when that was a thing, by the way. So people ask me that. Do you guys remember which one you did? Well, I just I just did it kind of instinctively right now. And I had the fingers bent looking back. Towards me. Oh, you're so manly. You got a babasaurus, whatever. I, I got a dinosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> That's good writing, actually. Come back to us, Martin Breast. She checks to see, and then uh, he gets defensive. She then says that she can kick his ass and kisses him, to which I wrote, this is not how gay works. How, yeah. like, I was like, did I miss something? How are they making out? Yeah, she's trying to be dominant, then leans back and says, it's turkey time, gobble, gobble, to which I then wrote, I promise everybody this is not how gay works. I thought you wanted to be my bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so much of this is offensive. When she, when she said that, I wrote, yeah, J-Lo makes it worth it. <laughs> but then I also wrote, they had to know, this is when I wrote, they had to know the script was awful when they read it, right? Had to have. They had, or, or, they had like, to have. This is the scene where I, I was like, no, they're clearly dating. And right. they made this movie because they wanted to make a movie because they're dating. Not they met on this movie because why else would they accept? Why else would they accept? Like this script is so bad. They met. They met here for they've hit it off or whatever. That's according to E Online. E's line. Uh, they, don't, they don't have the year right, so they're, they're, they don't. So know. much of this is offensive, and it's also something Ben Affleck has done in multiple multiple movies, as we've mentioned earlier. Chasing Amy in this, and I said I don't think he respects gay at all well he didn't write the movie let's, let's, well, but let's come on he, the second time you're, you're doing this you're, you're lobbing things at this dude man. you're come right on. i am because it's the second time i mean man look if john someone Bilan tells calls him calls some thugs tomorrow but john Lee, say, Bilan, ah, come on. he's not he's not he's not acting though this dude's acting he's, he's just acting doing like a job a <laughs> no he's not <laughs> <laughs> not well at least um all right she says when the gig is over she's gonna leave Lewis wants to meet with Ricky and Gigli, tells them not to bring Brian. Uh, Actually, tells them not to bring the thing. Oh, the thing, right, the thing. Uh, Gigli tells her he has this fantasy of going somewhere clean where you can just be yourself. No bad stuff is there. Lewis shows up. They have a visitor from New York. They follow him to Al Pacino's home. Al Pacino is playing Starkman, and he has a ponytail to which I wrote the note. I think Al Pacino's ponytail is the starting point for how this movie got made. Also, he, when he comes, when he invites him into the house, he says, in, in, sit, sit. And then he says, I like to say things twice. And I wrote, I love when characters explain their idiosyncratic <laughs> behaviors so that we we know what they're, oh, he likes to say things twice. And then proceeds to never say anything twice. Not, not once again. Not once again. Uh, he said he's having oh. legal problems. He, he has a go. lot of buttons on his suit, by the way. Yeah, a lot of buttons, yeah. It's a very, very Steve Harvey suit yeah. that Al Pacino has on in the scene. 
uh, says he can't go to jail because he's used to the finer things. He's challenging whether or not a thumb is a finger. He starts talking about intimidation and says that a gun, the gun isn't intimidating. It's unnecessary. He says intimidation is when someone doesn't give a shit to which then he then shoots Lewis in the head and kills him. At which point I said, I'm no, no, I'm still pretty intimidated by the gun. He's pissed off that the thumb was sent to the prosecutor. He thinks, he thinks it's, it's screwed everything up and it's turned uh, the chances of him getting away with some stuff completely yeah. off to which, to which then I, I wrote and I fully believe this. Look, Al Pacino acted his ass off in this scene. He but hold on. kills it. But hold on. First of all, there's a couple of things. He's still and got I, it and, to, and to be honest with you, I've been thinking about it since I watched The Irishman. Does he have any role where he doesn't yell? Ooh. Yeah, probably not. Right? So just He just yells so much, man. Like, Michael Corleone might be the last time I remember him not yelling. Yeah. Right. But he's That's good at it. He's a good yeller. It's like Tom Tom Cruise is a good sprinter, right? Yeah, he's probably a top five yeller all time. Easily top five yeller of all time. Better better, or worse? better than old. Ah shit. He beat me to the joke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I swear to God I was getting up for it. Oh. I didn't need your help. You know? I could have beaten these charges. What were you thinking? You were going to extort a federal prosecutor. You thought you could say, kidnapped your little brother, drop all charges, and the guy'd roll over? You didn't think all hell wouldn't break loose? You didn't think every fucking fed wouldn't drop whatever they were doing and dive in to protect one of their own? What do you morons think? This is little Italy? Wake up! This is the 20 fucking first century! Now, the, the, the other thing uh, about this scene and Al Pacino is he seems to be blaming them for the finger in the mail idea right and i'm like motherfucker it wasn't my idea like i didn't want it <laughs> well no i mean to be fair this I actually thought that this made the most sense maybe in this whole movie is he's giving them shit because it's the wrong thumb and they easily found out it was the wrong thumb sure sure it's a, yes that that yeah, is the reason yeah. he gives them shit for that but then he seems seems to go on to give them shit about just the idea that this would work that sending a, a finger or a thumb to a federal prosecutor uh, would somehow make the problem go away. Right. And, and not create reality, more problems. And not create more problems. I'm like, that wasn't my idea. Like, I'm not, this is not my job to figure these things out. You told me, and then I chickened out and didn't do it right. But either way, the, 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 even if I, if I followed it to the letter of the, of the instructions, I still, like, it's not my idea. It's right. your idea or, or Lewis's idea or whoever. Well, that's why Lewis got shot. Right, yeah, but, then he, but then he was threatening to shoot them as well. Yeah, I'm like, well, my, why is this my fault? Uh, says he could have beat the charges that this isn't Little Italy. Then, like, Ricky... I don't know what that meant. I don't... Yeah, I don't really get it. I mean, I guess like, it's like a mob thing, right? Like, yeah. oh, well, this isn't the mafia. You can't just intimidate a federal prosecutor. But right? even like, the mafia doesn't do that, because they, they... Well, because it's D.C., it's federal, so it's not... 
It's not like a neighborhood thing. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. But, I yeah. guess. Sure. Um, and then Ricky starts trying to calm him down and explain themselves. And like she's just, him out. She's just using a lot of $8 words in her rebuttal. But like, also, not, like, very disrespectfully. Yeah, very disrespectfully. Well, yeah, Ricky's supposed to be smart. That's why she's reading all the time, and she's always condescending to Gili. Oh, that's why That's her character. I really wish... trying to establish that she's smart. Okay, I I got you. I really wish one of the scenes was was her reading the book upside down. I really (laughs) wish that was, like, just a goof in the movie. Just like Jessica Alba's character in Good Luck Chuck was, quote-unquote, clumsy. Oh, yeah. Jennifer Lopez in this movie is, quote-unquote, smart. She says the the kid being picked up by the authorities will just make him look uh, guilty in all this. So he lets them go. They're going to take Brian back to the school or institution, whatever. Uh, it says they'll take him to the Baywatch later. Brian starts rapping, I Need Love by LL Cool J. Um, Gili then asks Brian if he has a girlfriend, tells him not to be shy around woman. Uh, says the thing you're most afraid of in life, if you do it, if you step up, good things will happen. Tells him to step up to women. Uh, he's essentially telling him to catcall women. The fucking inspirational music playing while he's giving him this pep talk is sickening. It's really bad. It's, yeah, the score, yeah, the score in this movie somehow lauded. And there's a box of Hennessy in the back seat. Yeah, I, I yeah. saw that. Is there something either. in a Hennessy box or just a case of liquor? Right. Gili <laughs> nope. wants Ricky's real name, then he's, says he's going to lay it all out there for her, but she cuts him off and says that the man thing doesn't really work for her. Somehow he got through to her, but in the end, she can't be what he really wants her to be. So now they're which driving toward straight, which is straight. Right. Yeah. That's tens. Well, or can she, uh, they're driving to Malibu. They see a shooting for what okay. looks like Baywatch. Brian just, starts freaking out. Go ahead. Yeah. Brian starts freaking out. So they say, finally pull over. And you know, pull up to the beach. And I wrote, "Have you ever been on this part of the PCH before?" It, is, it would have taken left three turn. hours. It would have taken <laughs> three hours. Zach, I wrote exact. A left turn is impossible. Easily a twenty-four minute endeavor. Easily, easily. Like you would have I'm to go not, so far up to a turnout area. Like it is. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. Like I'm not saying it's impossible because there's a median. No. I'm saying it's impossible because the traffic just doesn't stop. Right. It never stops. To... It never slows down in that way, you know, enough to where you could flip that around. And it's like it, the landing of the airplane in Conair on the Vegas Strip was more believable than doing a U-turn on the on the highway there. Absolutely. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but they managed to do it. They turn around, they go to the set. Brian Real wants, easily. Right, Real yeah, easy, really easily, way. yeah. Almost almost too easily. Brian wants to go down to the beach. Gili calls Brian's brother from a payphone to have him picked up there. Uh, Gili is contrite about being mean to him. He does the fingernails test with Brian, and Brian does it the straight way, I guess. They okay. laugh about that. Because Brian's not a cocksucker like Gili. <laughs> <laughs> There's still so much leather jackets happening in this scene for the beach. Uh, Julie says to take his car so Ricky can get out of there. She says she can't do that to him. Then he talks her into it. She takes the keys after he pleads with her. Uh, He then says, as far as the lesbian thing goes, if you ever think about hopping the fence, promise you give me a call for it. She kisses him. Again, this is not how gay works. I can't express that enough. She drives off. Brian walks onto the set as they're starting to get in position to shoot something. Apparently, there's no security for that set. He gets paired up with a hot blonde girl who's sort of got an Australian accent, but actually sounds like a Kiwi to me. Um, He starts spouting off the weather information and dances with her. 
Oh, I just got that shit. Oh, because she's Australian, like the fucking yeah. phone. God like damn it. The, yeah, like yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I wrote, what the hell is the point of this scene? And then when she starts talking, I, I said, she's Australian, meaning she's not going to notice that he's a little off. Oh. And then they start dancing, and I said, they're white, so none of them are going to notice that he's a little <laughs> off. Because honestly, like, he's supposed to be dancing like a mentally challenged person, but I saw no difference between him and everybody else back there. Pretty much the same back there, yeah. Geely yeah. uh, walks away, but Ricky pulls up in the car to give Why her not? a ride. Says her yeah. real name is Rochelle. He gets in the car, then says he'll look great. She says he'll look great in some mascara. She quotes his mother. They drive off, They drive off. I guess, happily ever after. That's the movie. Roll credits. <laughs> I actually looked up what I actually went to Media Stinger to find out whether there was anything in the credits or after the credits. And do you want to know that Media Stinger does not even recognize Geely as a movie? Really? Yeah. Wow. That's upsetting. Yeah, I was like, wow, okay. (laughs) Tell me how you really feel, MediaStinger.com. Here's some trivia from the movie. According to longtime best friend Matt Damon, Ben Affleck twitches whenever the film is mentioned. Say what? He twitches whenever someone mentions the film Gili. <laughs> no, man, you don't get to twitch. No, I'm sorry. You don't get to twitch. Kevin you, Smith. You knew you read that script, you knew. Kevin Smith likes to tell stories about how whenever he and Ben Affleck are playfully ribbing one another, all Smith has to do is say Gili to end the conversation. Nice. Again, thought that this was Jersey Girl and thought that Kevin Smith had written and directed this for three quarters of the movie until I looked it up. I was like, when when does Silent <laughs> Axios <laughs> I Googled when does Jay and Silent Bob show? <laughs> Would that have made this movie better or worse? Better, definitely. <laughs> I don't know what could have made it worse. <laughs> Received such bad reviews that it was dropped by every cinema in the UK after only one week. So you're wondering how it only made one point two million dollars overseas. There That's one reason. Only 73 U.S. theaters were showing the film by its third weekend of release, down from 2,215 during its first weekend. That's a drop of 97%. It's the largest drop ever in terms of percentage, and at the time was the largest drop in terms of number of theaters, later uh, later surpassed by Meet Dave in 2008. Oh, I saw Meet Dave in the theater. You were one of the few. Broke the record at the time for the largest second weekend drop as well at 81.9%. Record was later taken over by Undiscovered in 2005. I don't remember that movie. Uh, J-Lo was paid $12 million for her role. Ben Affleck was paid twelve paid $12.5 million for his. Their combined salaries combined salaries are more than three times the film's worldwide gross of $7.2 million. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe they paid more for him. The negative experience making this film caused Martin Brest to retire from directing. Good. The film started out as a straightforward mob film until Sony Pictures and Columbia, uh, against Martin Brest's wishes, turned it into a romantic comedy to cash in on the relationship between Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. People keep using this term romantic comedy, but I don't know where the comedy is. This is the piece of trivia that I want like a deep dive article written about. You know, what does that mean? Changed it. Does that mean in editing? Does that mean they shot extra stuff? Is there is there a version somewhere else? Yeah. What the fuck was this movie before? Because it's certainly not 
a mob film of any kind. What if it was fire before? <laughs> like it would have been like the Goodfellas <laughs> yeah, of, of the generation. Goodfellas. You know what oh. the worst part about that is? Is Martin Brest trying to tell people that? And yeah, oh, okay, dude. Okay, Julie. <laughs> yeah, sure, Marty. Sure thing. We buy oh, it. Now I do feel sorry for him. Do you? Yeah, I do, man. So what are we thinking here? They met on the set. They yes. started dating. The tabloids got it. And while they were still filming it, it became such a huge thing that it altered the course of the production. Well, so it does say the script was rewritten several times, ballooning the budget from 54 to $75.6 million. What if that's happening during the movie? It has to be like while they were shooting. Yeah. Why? How did they spend that much money? I don't know. Once you got all the actors locked in and you don't have any sets, like what the fuck is happening? Yeah, and you got to keep pushing time, pushing time, pushing I, time, I though, can, right? I, I can, like, think about this. I could literally rent out like an apartment in like Simi Valley for a couple grand a month and could have shot it there. Everything else is street shots are fairly straightforward. Like there was no special effects. We don't even really see the the thumb, right? No, because it was they were using a plastic knife, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like it, like there's there's no part of this movie that involves special effects or stunts, right? Is there any stunt work in there? No, other okay. than like Brian getting pushed up against the wall. No. Okay. Like okay. So again, where did they spend? Forget the the extra twenty million. Where did they spend the fifty four million? question it's unbelievable man ben affleck did say that most of what he's learned uh that is good comes from martin breast but it just didn't work in its essence uh the studio wanted to change into a love story because they thought that's what people want to see because these guys are together now which is one of the greatest uh, miscalculations in the history of miscalculations shut up uh ben affleck. see now i don't feel sorry for ben it- affleck in 2015, Ben Affleck finally admitted his regret in making the film. He also felt his relationship with Jennifer Lopez led to the movie's poor box office return since the audience couldn't see past the two leading roles' real on-screen relationship. I don't think that was it, buddy. Yeah, for like, yo, come on, man. You, like, He's still defending this movie? How is this possible? It swept the Razzie Awards. It got everything, every category. And then the original ending featured Geely being killed. But after negative response to a test screening, the ending was reshot and re-edited. Can't imagine it got a positive response after that. Are you telling me there was a test screening where people watched that movie and were positive about it other than the ending? Uh, apparently that's what they believe happened. <laughs> and my favorite joke that I saw was that Conan O'Brien at the time said, the Mets are doing so badly that they will be named the New York Geely. Oh, nice. Topical. I have a Tony Medley review for Daredevil. Oh, no. Save that one if we're going to do that movie. Oh, okay. Good call. What else could we do here? Okay, we can just end this shit. How about that? Yeah? You, you done? I'm done. This movie is terrible. Yes, you don't even have to ask me. Oh, super phobe. Super I do, phobe. I do have paycheck. We might do that one, too. <laughs> uh, we might do that one, too. Okay, yeah. Well, all right. No no review this week. Geely's good enough as is. Amin, phobe or file? Phobe, phobe, Super phobe. All right, <laughs> Super phobe. This is terrible. This, not the worst. Not the worst. That, it, that is there. legally a positive review on Rotten Tomatoes now. 
It's it's the Saddam to, <laughs> to Hitler to, to Jupiter ascending Hitler. <laughs> what is Mace. the worst movie we've done, by the way? The worst movie we've done? Yeah. Oh man. Hey, good luck, Chuck. That's the worst one to me. No, man. Right? It wasn't it wasn't that bad. <laughs> that was the angriest I've been. I think I think it's between Jupiter ascending. I mean, Showgirls is really bad. No, Showgirls is entertaining. Because I tell you, like, there's there's some of these that are bad, but I'm entertained while watching them. And there's someone where I just, I can't, like, get me out of this. Oh, Battlefield Earth? <laughs> Man <in> my- <laughs> <laughs> Man in my- <laughs> I looked up the- Like, is this, is, this is worse. This is not as bad as, as Battlefield Earth. <laughs> no, it's worse. It's worse. It's worse because at Are least you Battlefield, out of your mind? Battlefield Earth entertained me on some level, man. This didn't entertain you? No, not at all. Wow, Maze, Fulver file. I mean, I I'm not even gonna it it's a it's a romantic comedy that's not funny or romantic. It's a mob movie that has maybe the worst mob plot ever. Yeah. It's got almost strange cameo appearances by every character except for the main three. It's a bad rain man. The chemistry is terrible. There's no redemption. This is a phobe. All right. Let me say this. Here we go. He's going to lie. What are you going to do? Pacino and Walken both kill their scene. No. No, Absolutely kill their scene. Walken, just the, no. just the pie monologue. That's it. The pie monologue. Right. Yeah, yeah. Everything up until that point is bad. But the pie monologue is fantastic. And Pacino was is it, fine. Is it fan- but no, Pacino's know? great. Pacino, Hold fastball, on. man. He's I don't 98. I don't think you know what the word fine movement. or fantastic means. I didn't hate the Al Pacino scene. Oh, he like everyone else is bad in it, but he's great in it. Don't let J-Lo muck this up or, or Ben muck this up. He's great. I'm saying I didn't hate the Al Pacino scene. I hated 98% of the rest of the movie. Look, right. Jennifer Lopez did not muck up this movie, if anything. She's the one <laughs> redeeming quality. I will say... It is a wildly offensive movie. It is offensive to the mentally challenged. It is offensive to gay people. It's offensive to mobs. It's offensive to leather jackets, to weather. It's offensive to flashlights. It's offensive to turkeys. Let me just say right now. It's offensive to music. Let me say right now. I'm offended that the reason that you're building up to say you don't like this movie is because of how offensive it is. That's how. That's what I'm offended at. Like I recognize how offensive all this is, how bad a lot of it is. Although there are some scenes that I really do enjoy. I thought Al Pacino suck was my, great. Suck my dick. Suck my dick. Dot com. Called her Dicosaurus Rex, which, while <laughs> my, offensive, is made, funny. Made my penis sneeze. <laughs> penis sneeze. Right. It's offensive to physics. With the plastic knife cutting off a, a, a dead thumb. That said, I have paid for this movie three times. Would I pay for it again to watch it by myself? No. Would I, would I pay for it to make other people watch it? I'd consider it. Oh, my God. Am I glad that I got you guys to watch it, pay for it, and talk about it? File me, baby. I don't know if I can put that in the spreadsheet. File. Put it in the spreadsheet. It's officially a file. It's awful and unredeeming in every way. And yet, 
I'm drawn just, to it. No, I'm no, drawn you're not, to it. I mean, no, because just, here's the thing: it. it didn't feel like a two-hour movie. Oh, uh, what are you talking? Because you watched it over three days, Zach. <laughs> we started, started watching this movie on Monday. It's Friday. We're recording this on a Friday. <laughs> I finished it 20 minutes before we started. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.